0: Welcome to We Shadows, the podcast about design and technical theater in the Twin Cities. I'm your announcer, Anita Kelling. In this episode, Rachel Lanto spent some time talking with stage manager Jaya Robillard. Together, they have a lively discussion about the many different lanes of stage management and the many different ways one can be a stage manager. This conversation took place on January 12, 2021.
1: Welcome to We Shadows. Uh, my name is Rachel Lanto, and I'm uh, hosting this evening's interview. And I have with me Jaya. Jaya, why don't you just introduce yourself
2: briefly? Tell me what like your job title is, and how long have you been doing it? Cool. Um, yeah, my name is Jaya. Um, I'm a Twin City stage manager. I've been here for uh, I guess like five and a half years, something like that. Um, I am originally from New Jersey. I grew up on the East Coast. Um, Got into stage management in high school sort of by accident. Like it was – so I went to this like tiny little girl school that had – a really fun theater program and like a good kind of acting program but we didn't really have the student body to support like stage crew in any meaningful way and so it was mostly like whatever handful of students we can wrangle into doing the things we need to do that's kind of what it was (laughs) and so I just kind of fell into it because like a bunch of my friends were going to be in the musical so I figured I would also like go work on the musical um and ended up just absolutely falling in love with stage managing. So Mm -hmm. um, I kind of did that in high school, figured out my way through college. Um, I came out here also by accident, sort of. Um, So I came out the fall after I graduated uh, for an internship at CTC, um, Children's Theater Company. And the plan was just kind of to come for two months and see what happened. And then I got here and was like, oh, hey, look at this like super vibrant theater community. Um, and basically was in a spot where I was like, well, I can go somewhere where I don't know anybody, or I can stay here where I know like three people now. And so suddenly I lived here. Um, well, but yeah, know. so I've been working here since then and have really loved it. And like, what year was that? That was fall
1: 2015. 2015. All right. Yeah. Wow. Well, then you got thrown into a pandemic and you're hanging out. Right, here. <laughs> that's been super fun. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, what uh, college did you go to? I went to Yale. Yale. Okay. I
2: graduated in 2015.
1: Lovely. It seems yeah. like there's a few Yaleys at the at CTC too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
2: Awesome. Um, largely like grad school people. The grad school there is super. Impressive and, yes. like, rigorous, and that's kind of what they do. The undergrad was a very weird way to learn to do theater because there – so the there is a department there, but it's a theater studies department. It's not, um, like, a theater training program. It's much more, like, studying theater as an art. Um, and so I actually didn't – that was not my major. I majored in English instead. Oh, okay. Um, and – virtually all of the undergrad theater that's done on campus is not affiliated with the department and it's totally student run. Oh, which was a wild way to learn how to do things. Um, But really cool. And like, in a lot of ways, really prepared me for freelancing. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically, like, occasionally, there'd be like a class that would put on a production like the, I think my freshman year, there was like a Hamlet class. It was a senior seminar and part of their semester was to put on a production of Hamlet, but that was the exception rather than the rule. Most of it was just like, there was an arts fund and you could basically submit an application and they would give you like a few hundred dollars and you could apply to one of the spaces on campus and do your show. And so it was all just undergrads running around kind of grabbing whoever they could grab who knew how to do things and be like, hey, do you wanna do this show? And there was tons of it. There were, like, two or three productions every weekend all year long. There was just a ridiculous amount of theater to see and to work on. And that was really cool. Um, And I think because it was all so unsupervised, like, there was an office of a few people who basically made sure we, like, kept to fire codes and didn't stay in the building too late. And that was kind of that. Um, But so it was mostly totally unsupervised. And it was a really fun way to just kind of – you had – to figure it out, and you had to learn how to do your job. And, you know, it, it could have easily been totally a mess. But as it was, people really rose to the occasion and, like, were very professional about it and were very, like, capable because you sort of had to be. And if you didn't know something, you had to know you didn't know it and find somebody who did and figure it out. And so, other than the aspect of, like, theater is a like job and dealing with the financials and getting hired and stuff. It was a lot like freelancing in that it was like, all right, who do I know who's doing something this semester? Who can I talk to? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it, I think in some ways made life a lot easier post-graduation where I was sort of used to the idea of like, let's go find the next thing to work on. Cause that's very much how life has been since then.
1: Oh my gosh. How was it um, going to CTC after that?
2: totally mind-blowing yeah
1: tell me about that experience how was that
2: (laughs) totally mind-blowing mostly just like the scale of everything Mm. because that was the other thing about college theater was it was super low budget and you never had enough people like you just like lighting designers were notoriously scarce on campus there were like four lighting designers and they were always booked solid and so like I had a couple shows that I and a director like cobbled together a plot for and just sort of we're like well I can I can make the people visible and I can make them pink sometimes and blue sometimes and that's what we're gonna do (laughs) and like it was always just how many hats are you wearing how many people are there and then showing up at CTC and being like oh my god you have like a set shop on site and it's huge and you have like real rehearsal spaces and we can like oh man. right we can we can require the actors to be here like this isn't an extracurricular we can we can just tell them like this is when you come and they do <laughs> and like if we're not using them for half an hour that's okay they don't mind cuz we're not like cutting into their study time or you know it it was just just mind blowing the scope of things it was also a really big education in like it was as much formal stage management training as i'd ever had Because I had never taken a class in it. It had just been kind of learn as you go. Right. Um, And I had a really great drama teacher in high school. um, And I had a couple of older students in college who were good mentors for me. But Mm -hmm. it was the kind of thing where I was very self-taught and like had learned a lot of the stuff that I needed to do. I sort of just through practice found my way to a lot of things that now I know are like standard parts of the job. But had never had to think about them in terms of like, does anyone else have to look at this document and like, Oh, there are efficient ways to like structure the following things and communicate the following information. Um, oh, man. And so the ASM on that project, uh, Nate Stanger, what really took it upon himself to like teach me and kind of go, okay, you like more or less know how to do this, but in like a completely inefficient way. And you don't know the names for anything and you don't like, You've never had to, like, make paperwork other people need to read. You've never had to deal with this just beyond, like, make the show happen. Yeah. Um, and so he very much would take me over and be like, do you know what this thing is? Like, no idea. Like, well, here it is. I was like, oh, I do know what that is. That's such a better way to do that. Okay. <laughs> um, so that's largely what that experience was. Yeah.
1: Was What show was that? kind It was The Jungle Book. Okay. Gotcha.
2: Yeah. Nice. Was, Where did you go after CTC? After CTC, um, I did... A, I did the sophomore Shakespeare at the U that year mm. um, and then got connected to Sandbox Theater um, mm. with whom I'm a company member now. I've done uh, several shows with them. Um, it was a lot of just kind of like, I really, I had no idea what I was doing in terms of finding work. I got kind of a lot of lucky breaks early on of just like somebody I'd worked with who gave my name to somebody else. And had kind of enough of those right in a row that suddenly I was like, Oh look, I know people. I know who to talk to when it comes time to plan a new season. But yeah. yeah, So I did um, a production of Henry the sixth at the U and then a show called Queens with sandbox, which was still is still probably the most beautiful production I've ever worked on. It was this very simple show, three actors. Um, It was about like a young black boxer in kind of vaguely the late 1800s early 1900s we never really specified um and it was just kind of his like journey of self-discovery there wasn't a ton of plot not much happened it was just kind of him going about his life but it was absolutely beautiful and also the first time I'd ever done like ensemble created theater Mm -hmm. which Now is a decently big part of my work life because I've kept working with Sandbox and I've joined the company, but was not a thing I'd done at the time. And so that was also, it was absolutely terrifying at every single moment, frankly, like just at every moment I was just looking around going, nobody else seems scared. So like, this must be going okay. I don't really know. (laughs) Um, But it's come to be a thing that like my stage manager brain does not like. But my like person who likes theater brain thinks it's so much fun. So I've kept doing it. It's like a good kind of <laughs> out of your comfort zone thing. <laughs> what year did you join Sandbox as a company member? I think 2017. Okay. it so was you- after my second show with them. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. It was, it was more or less that like I did one show. Because the thing about Sandbox is stage managers don't like Sandbox. <laughs> because the, the way we work is not conducive to like most of the things that stage managers like it's you know we don't have a script until right before we open Mm -hmm. it's very movement heavy Mm -hmm. um we build the movement and the text simultaneously so there's not really any sense of like having a script that has blocking with it Mm -hmm. it's just like like we record most things through video up until the very end because we're like there's this is all it's all tied together it's all like everything is continually moving and shaping we don't usually know what the plot is we don't know what the characters are you know communicating with designers is always tricky because we're like yeah please give us some costumes we don't know all the characters yet we know all the actors and they will need to wear things and we know how many new characters might show up but like it, it's a lot of just going with the flow and figuring it out. It's very hard to plan. It's very hard to organize. And it's sort of a funny process where, like, the workload from a stage management perspective starts off really small and then skyrockets. Mm-hmm. Because for the beginning, like, for the first couple weeks of rehearsal, I am often just, like, a person sitting in the room with a stopwatch. And that's basically my whole job is to be a stopwatch and another pair of eyes. And then like two weeks out from opening, we start kind of picking the things that we've built that we want to focus on and we want to put together. And all of a sudden the workload goes through the roof because suddenly we have all this stuff to transcribe and all this stuff to put together. And, you know, hopefully by opening night, I've got a call script that really just exists for me to call from. Like it doesn't exist. To, the actor's use whatever notes they've got they memorize off of videos or their notes or kind of whatever they have and so stage managers don't like to work with sandbox (laughs) like it's just not it doesn't fit with any of the ways that you know existing scripted work is rehearsed and so I think I got to the end of Queens that first show and they were like, so did you have fun? Would you do this again? And I was like, yeah, no, it was really fun. And then I came back for a second show. And by the end of that was still like, yeah, this was fun. And they were like, cool. Do you want to join the company? We need to hang on because (laughs) lock it in. (laughs) It's not an overlap, but I do like, and I totally recognize why I'm like, I see why people do one show and go, that was fun. and something I never need to do again Mm -hmm. because it is a weird way to work, but it yields some like, really incredible stuff that i don't think you can get any other way
1: yeah devised theater is that the mm-hmm. term for it okay yeah yeah oh, devised man. or ensemble created kind of whatever your preference right oh man yeah. <laughs> but- um so as it sounds like sandbox is sort of its own beast but like yeah as a stage manager So if I was a person who had never walked into a theater before or if I was like a family member of yours who, you know, is asking you, Jay, what do you what do you do? You know, what would you what would you tell them about working for Sandbox specifically or some other stage management?
2: Um, I think you're right. The Sandbox is kind of its own beast, but like stage management in general, the thing I usually come to is that like the stage manager is the person whose job it is to make sure that all the stuff that's supposed to happen actually does happen Mm -hmm. um which and I don't know if that like I know you are also a stage manager I don't know how that vibes with your experience um but that's kind of in in trying to describe what I do to people that's always kind of where I end up because it's so it's so hard to be like I go into work and I do this thing because it changes all the time and like depending on where you are in the process it changes um But yeah, so it means that before rehearsal starts, you're making sure the rehearsal space is set up, everybody has the information they need, um, depending on the company and if you have a production manager or whatever facilitating some communication between, like, director, designers, all those people. When it comes to rehearsal, like, one, just sort of running the room, making sure you take breaks and, like, keeping track of, like, where are your rehearsal props and things, but also, like, taking blocking notes, um communicating with designers, anything that happens in the room. Um, And then when it comes to tech in the show, like calling cues and kind of being the person who steps in to run the show every night.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you, um, when I met you, I was assisting on a show and I know that you've done that a few times Mm -hmm. as well here in the cities. Do you find yourself assisting more often than you do like stage managing
2: Uh, Yeah. I think it's about 50, 50. Okay. It has been so far. Um, I have ASM at park square a lot. Hmm. Um, I've been there probably more than anywhere else. Um, and then I have stage managed for kind of a variety of smaller non-union theaters. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's been a pretty even split and, which I enjoy because they are like pretty different jobs. Um, and so it's nice to have that kind of variation and just like shake it up a little bit more.
1: Yeah, definitely. Do you um, plan to join the union or are you kind of like, mm, I'm lo- loving Sandbox and I want to stick with the Vice Theater? What are your goals for
2: your stage management career? Um, yes, I do plan to join Equity. Um, a, a year ago, the plan was sort of to start logging points last year and then the world blew up so I don't know (laughs) what the plan is right now um I had like just kind of hit the point where I was like okay I think I have like solid experience a solid resume it's about time to like think about making that step in the next year or two um and now I have no idea so it's all sort of on hold until we just sort of see what happens and when we can start working again and when we can like go places and like, what does, what theaters have made it? What does the kind of industry look like? What does the job market look like? I have no clue.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Like
2: big dreams. One day, one day, I would love to be in New York.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it's where I grew up. I mean, I grew up in New Jersey, but like 45 minutes from the city. Right. And Train so, right away. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's always been kind of the big, like, you know, as a high schooler who was getting into stage management, I was like, oh, you know, big shows in New York. This is what we do. We get dressed up. We go into the city. So that's still sort of the big one day dream. But I don't really know what it looks like between here and there or when that happens. And I was starting to get a bit of a handle on it. And now we're just going to see how
1: it goes. It's true. Yeah. I know as like an early career stage manager, it's... Um... It's already, like, there's so many things to juggle. It feels like you're juggling, like, okay, who the heck even knows me in this town? Um, you know, I'm still learning things about, like, I mean, and I feel like we're learning our whole careers, you know, not yeah. just when we're early. And then it's, like, okay, assisting versus regular stage managing. And then it depends on the company. And, like, it's just, like, all these, like, adaptations that you have to juggle. <laughs> totally. Um, um, you're, to, you're not equity yet, are you? No, I'm not. No. Okay. Um,
2: are you planning to be?
1: that's a great question i um i did my internship with a uh equity theater company and at the time i wasn't sure um if i would be able to like have enough work to be an equity stage manager and like gotcha. survive um so it like scared me and i like was like no we're not going to do that um and i was able i've been able to support myself off my stage management which has been awesome um and in some ways I regret not going equity right away because now I feel like I'm struggling to like get into those places and it's been really frustrating actually. However, um, I work a lot now in dance and the and, um, circus and more like oh, movement based sure. things. And that work is so exciting to me. And so in circus, um, particularly there's not many unions um, and in dance it's um, you can be union and work for dance, but it's kind of a tricky um, like they kind of fly under the radar because they're not theater. Sure. Um, so I, I think it would actually make my feet like circus work really complicated if I went <laughs> equity right now. Um, and it's like, it's really good money and it's touring. And so I get to like see the United States and, you know, travel internationally. And that's been like the most exciting job I've ever had. And I love it. So I don't know. I'm kind of always in this camp of like, if it's convenient, if it makes sense for yeah. me, I will probably go equity. But I, I feel like that, you know, whenever circus opens back up, I just hope to God I have that job still. <laughs> so who knows? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah. I've always gotten the impression from the stage managers in this area, like that they are they're never not wanting more equity stage managers. It seems like they always sort of need
2: one or two more people that know what they're doing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It, it's a tricky balancing act. I mean, that was literally like the first piece of advice that the stage management team on jungle book gave me is they were like, whatever you do, don't get your card too soon.
1: That's what I heard too. Yeah. And
2: it, like like literally on the first day kind of thing <laughs> they yep. were like broad strokes things you need to know don't get your card too soon mm-hmm. you won't have a resume you won't work mm-hmm. um and so it was like great thank you because I had no idea how anything worked yeah. good to know but yeah it is it's a tricky balancing act and as much as I I think as far as union go unions go I think it generally does a good job like doing what unions are supposed to do without too much like hassle and complication and like Mm -hmm. providing a nice sort of like stratification of like allowing smaller companies to work with newer professionals and like not be held to like the same standards as you know, the Guthrie or whatever. And then kind of giving us sort of a ladder to go up and like a way to sort of stratify people's experience and stuff, I think that's like seems fairly functional as far as I can tell but there is the sort of intimidating thing of knowing that like you specialize more the more that like you get experience and get good at something Mm -hmm. and so because like one of the things for me is I've been a non-equity ASM a lot and it's a thing that I really enjoy I kind of like the overlap between ASMing and being like a crew member yeah um that sits in a spot right now where I enjoy that and kind yeah. of the, like, hustle of running around backstage and coordinating things. And on the one hand, the the ability to work with larger companies in a bigger capacity is very appealing. At the same time, this part of me is like, I'm not sure I'm totally ready to, like, give up the kind of smaller scale, fewer people experience that yeah. I get from being, like, a non-equity ASM and to kind of step into more of a, like, supervisor position. And I think that's probably something that will change as I get a little bit older. But for right now, I'm like, no, this, is this like, sits in a nice spot. So, you know, it's something I'd be sad to let go of.
1: Yeah. Do you um, work with, like, IATSE crews very often?
2: No. uh, Never, I don't think. Okay. Yeah. Um,
1: It's interesting. I was so – uh, full disclosure, last night I talked with Trio Halloran from The Guthrie. Oh, cool. uh, and she was just talking about how she joined Equity like right away. <laughs> and um, at the time it made sense for her because she was like, yeah, I've got, you know, at least two theater companies that I feel like will hire me. And I was like, that is so interesting because I know so few people who are my age or like young career stage majors who feel that way. And so right. I wonder if it's a like generational things sometimes, and I wonder if it's, uh, you know, um, in those regional theater companies, they can kind of afford to um, have all those, like, big departments and have things Mm -hmm. so specialized, so it's, like, one person's job to do this, 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 and this, but, um, you know, as a younger career person, or just, like, in the arts in general, I feel like it's not... um, we don't all want the same experience, you know, or it's nice to be able to have different experiences before you like streamline into one way of doing things. Oh yeah. So it's just, it's interesting to hear uh, everybody's what they like about it and um, you know, where they're at and where they want to go and um, you know, what they think about how those will kind of tie together. So, Mm
2: -hmm. yeah. The other thing that like, I always, that I've continued to find, like, even just up to this point, is that as much as you kind of specialize in, like, the things that aren't technically, like, your job drop away, there are also, like, new things that you just didn't have the capacity for before. Yeah. Like, when we're talking about, like, a huge theater company with, you know, all the staff they could possibly want, people aren't just, like, sitting around. Right. It's that all the little things that you just couldn't afford to think about do get done now and like because I remember sort of having that kind of trepidation at sort of every stage right like coming from high school theater where like it was literally me and an ASM and that was it like I remember kind of going to college and being like oh some of these designers like know what they're doing and I don't have to do things for them anymore and like so like in high school we didn't have designers really we had our drama teacher and we had one woman who was more or less our technical director and between the two of them they kind of just pieced everything together and so our drama teacher would be our lighting designer functionally Mm -hmm. and so this woman would hang a plot they would talk about it together and then literally the way we teched is he would sit in the house and i would sit at the board and he would have names for every like channel or group of channels so we didn't have to remember the numbers and I would have a list that was like, okay, channel one is like the stage left trees and channel two is the stage right trees. And like channels seven, eight, and nine are the downstage wash, et cetera, et cetera. Because he would just be like, okay, can I have your trees at fifty and your downstage wash at seventy five? And then he would just like experiment from there with me programming. And I, through high school, thought that was just how you checked. Oh. I just thought that's what happened. Is the actors stood on stage and they were very patient, and you built every cue from scratch with the stage manager at the board and the director, and not really knowing things about lights but making it look pretty. And that was that. And I remember getting even just to college, and like helping our lighting designer with cueing because he didn't have like an extra pair of hands. And so there were a few times when he like just needed a new perspective where he put me at the board and like going through and being like, okay, what do you want to call this instrument? And he's like, I know what numbers, everything. I have my own paperwork. I can do this. And it's like, you can, you can do this? You know things. <laughs> and, but at the same time, like, it frees you up to do all the other things you never had the capacity for yeah. before. And yeah. so there's that aspect to it too, where I'm like, okay, well, some parts of what I do now will fall away. Like once I ever do decide to make, take that step and go equity, like there are new things that I'm sure I just don't know about yet or don't know that I will really enjoy yeah
1: but I often hear stage managers talk about how um helpful it has been for them to learn about other technical areas so that they can have that language to facilitate conversations between departments or or whatever and um then there's other stage managers who don't have that training and they still have the communication ability but um You know, they're they're never give the advice. Don't learn about those other things. It seems like having learned those things is never not an asset.
2: Yeah. No, I think that's totally true. I think, and I think that's true not just for stage managers, but like for everybody is even if it's a tiny bit of experience, if you have just like that much more understanding of what your coworkers are doing and what like the concerns of the people around you are, it makes everybody's life just so much easier like whether or not you can actually do any part of their job you know like I find that with actors a lot actors who are like I was on stage crew once in high school are almost always just that much more aware of like what everybody else's priorities are and what everybody else has to worry about and I think it gives everybody a little bit more grace a little bit more just understanding of what's happening around you. And that's positive for everybody.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Do you, what is it that like kind of pulled you into theater then? I know you talked about like, you had these high school friends and they were like, let's go do a show together. But what, what ultimately made you feel like you wanted to make this your
2: profession? Um, I think that happened slowly. Like, at first it was just the kind of this is fun let's do it again um you know i did my first show sophomore year of high school Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and it was the most fun i'd ever had and so i was like cool we should do this again in the fall because like that's what you do when you've done the most fun thing you've ever done in your life um and so through high school it was kind of just like let's keep doing the next one because this is really fun And so when it came time to like look at colleges, that was definitely on the priority list was somewhere with like a healthy culture of undergrad theater. Mm. Um, I didn't know yet at that point if like it's what I wanted to do like as a profession, but I did know it was something I wanted to keep doing at least for fun through college. And so at some point in college was kind of the bit where I realized that I, it was the bit where I realized that somehow I'd gotten to a point where, like, I was at school to do theater and, like, classes and homework were just, like, the job I was required to do to be allowed to live on campus and do theater. And I was like, okay, this is <laughs> what I'd like to do. You know, it, it was – and I remember, like, my parents saying to, that to me at one point. They're like, it feels like you live here to do shows. And in order to be allowed to live here, you have to go to class and you have to major in something. I was like, that's honestly, that's pretty much how it feels. (laughs) And so I think this is what I should do.
1: What, so was that at the end of college or like, how far were you into your sort of journey when you made that decision? Somewhere in the middle, a couple Uh, of years in. mm -hmm. Um, And then deciding to do an internship, was that kind of, when you like sort of admitted to yourself, like, Oh, I'm pursuing this. <laughs>
2: um, no, I, I was pretty sure by the time I like graduated and it was time to look for a job. Um, one of the weird things about the way our college theater was structured is like as much as it was very much like freelancing and it was awesome. I did sort of get to the middle of senior year and suddenly realize I didn't know anyone over the age of like 24 and had no idea how to get a job. Um, and like my friends, like high school friends who I talked to who were in other places would be like, oh yeah, you know, I AD'd for this director and, you know, they had me come with them to a summer gig or, you know, my advisor gave me this person's name. And I was like, I don't know any adults. I, the oldest people I know were seniors when I was a freshman and they don't have real jobs yet either. (laughs) How in the world does one get a job? Like, and so literally I went online and Googled stage management internships and sent applications to everywhere that was taking them and CTC answered. So I came here. Wow. Like that was the full, that was the whole plan. And the plan was come here for two months, do this, and then see what happens after that. Wow. (laughs) It worked out. So like, (laughs) But yeah, there was no there was no solid plan. Wow, that's amazing.
1: <laughs> so, how do you um, in in? Let's just pretend for a minute that you know COVID is going to turn out hunky dory and everyone's going to be there when we still, you know, when we return. Let's for a minute. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so, when you're looking at what do I want to do next, and we kind of talked about like mm, what are goals? Mm, I don't know, but uh how do you uh, gain the work that you want how do
2: you build your network how do you uh go get her (laughs) um I mean it's still a lot of just kind of figure it out as I go Mm -hmm. um I I've in the past like year or two finally hit the point where I'm like oh I feel like I have a handle on this and it's not just sort of happening Mm -hmm. um but I mean, I've done a lot of work at Park Square. And so that for the past few years has often been like a conversation in the spring about like, what do you want to come back for next season? Sure. Um, yeah. So that's been a nice place to start and nice, not steady work exactly, because like, it's always, you know, what's going on. But at least for the past few years, a conversation that like sometime in April, they'll come to me and be like, when are you around? What do you want to do? Right. Um, and then I can kind of build out from there. Mm-hmm. Question um,
1: for who, yeah. who is they? Who are the people who are like, oh, we like Jaya and we want her to come back. Who are the people who hire you?
2: Uh, like specifically there or just in general?
1: Yeah, just at Park Square. Sure.
2: Um, usually the production manager mm-hmm. or, um, I mean, it was Laura, the associate artistic director yeah. while she was there. Um, sure.
1: Yeah. Cool. Uh, we... One of the things that we're attempting to do with this podcast is to be able to share with people who are looking at, you know, joining the industry. And oh, cool! It's like, how do you, how do you get the job? Who do you talk to? Who, who you who know, you who's responsible for hiring? It's like, well, depends on the organization.
2: But yeah. <laughs> anyway, it depends a lot. And a lot of like new companies that I work with, like I will reach out if I know something's going on that I'm interested in. Um, and sort of this year intended to do a lot more of that, and then no one was doing anything. But um, often I'll get, you know, an email or a call from somebody who's like, hey, I got your name from so-and-so, um, you know, we called them, but they couldn't do it. So they told us to call you. Um, and it can be anybody from production manager to artistic director to a stage manager if they're, if it's an ASM gig. Um, you know, I've had stage managers I've worked with before reach out and say, hey, I'm doing this show at a different company. I need an ASM. Are you available? Awesome. Yeah. so yeah but yeah park square has been one i can build kind of build the year around a little bit and say okay i have these two shows with them and so what do the gaps look like who's doing what um sandbox too we do sandbox does usually two pr- productions a year mm-hmm. um so it's a much more like one-off kind of thing we don't have a full season um but if there's a sandbox production that like I am really interested in or passionate about, like, I'll definitely prioritize that, too. Yeah. Um, and so between those two, I often have, like, a good chunk of the year filled. And then it's just a question of, like, talking to folks I know, asking who's got work around, contacting other companies that I've worked with to just say, what's on your calendar? Are you hiring? Yeah there's also been a little bit of structure to it for me because so for the past several years, I've worked at an arts camp in Connecticut Mm -hmm. um, every summer. It's a um, performing and visual arts camp um, that I started working at in college and just absolutely love. And so I've kind of never left. Um, And so I pretty much uproot my life for two months every summer and go to Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Um, and stage manage there but um that also gives me a little bit of like a school year structure where I'm kind of like okay round about May I start thinking about like what does the next September to May look like yeah and that also makes it a little bit less of a just like continuous like get the next gig get the next gig it's a little more like I have a season too. um so yeah
1: Do you feel like you have a mentor or anybody who kind of guides you through your process or your stage management
2: journey per se? (laughs) Um, Not like one particular person. I've had a lot of other stage managers in town who I've been lucky enough to ASM for have been mentors of various kinds. Um, And, you know, it is the sort of funny experience of like learning as you do it, you know, where particularly for like the first couple years out of college. I feel like everybody I worked with was just kind of vaguely conscious that I was like in my early twenties and figuring stuff out. And so they did a lot of like, I'm just going to show you this over here. Come take a look. Hey, you might not want to do that that way. Um, Yeah. So much more in like a community mentorship way. I mean, I owe a lot to my drama teacher from high school. He was kind of the first person who like sparked that love and like as much as he had the capacity for, in like a very actor focused like small small theater program, he just sort of like took the time to teach me the basics and like get me and gave me a lot of independence. Frankly, as a high schooler, which was also very good. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, just like a lot of various stage managers around town, who just kind of, you know, yeah. It it's a funny thing about learning by working is that I and I don't know if like how much you feel the same way but I feel like I'll just be like halfway through a show and sudden be like I know what's going on when did that happen <laughs> like you know I spent a couple of years being like I'm new at this I don't know what's happening and then all of a sudden I was like I do know what's happening
1: interesting mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> makes sense I remember um, having a very surreal moment during my very first sandbox show where which was tiny like mm-hmm. three-person cast One musician and me. And that's all it took to run the show. Like, I was running my own light board. We had all live music. So we didn't have a soundboard or anything. And the cast was on stage the entire time. So, like, nobody backstage was literally the five of us every night. And I just remember, like, sitting at intermission and, like, calling out to Jiffy, the house manager, being like, We're ready to start. Are you ready to start? Okay, let's do act two. And, like, sitting down at the board and suddenly realizing that, like, all of these people who like bought tickets and came to a show were going to sit down and start act two, because I said it was time to do it. And like, just having this moment of like, oh my God, I'm running this show, but not being like, who put me in charge, more being shaken (laughs) by the fact that I was like, and I know what I'm doing. I have power. (laughs) This, this isn't, this doesn't feel weird. I don't feel in over my head. I just feel like I'm just doing the show, but like, look at all these people who just like they don't know us these aren't our classmates they're not they just I I said it's time to go and Jiffy was like that's what I have too and everyone did it because I said we should do it and it was just a very surreal moment oh man (laughs) and I feel like that happens a lot more than the like you know more than noticing like that I'm learning something new or that I'm like expanding my skill set it just sort of happens as you're doing it and then suddenly i'll be like why do i know all this stuff why why do i feel like i can handle this do you feel like you still have a lot to learn
1: uh here in the twin cities at least before you make your your one day day to
2: new york uh yeah i do um i yeah you anticipate um, staying here for a
1: little bit i guess is sort of what i'm getting at
2: <laughs> for a bit yeah um i mean that's the sort of like the the decision to make is kind of do i stay here for like several more years and then make the transition to new york or do i like do another big regional theater city between now and then yeah. um and i still haven't decided like I don't, you know, on the one hand, it would be nice to be in another environment, see how a different community works um, learn just kind of the nuances of one more city Um, at the same time, like one, I like living here and have like built a life and a social circle and kind of a career here. And because so much of what we do is like contacts based, the idea of picking up and going somewhere else where I don't know people is intimidating, not just on like a social level, but like a professional level. Like what? I I, I finally feel like I'm at a spot where like I get a contact sheet for a new show and I'm like, I recognize more than half of these names. And that's a nice place to be. Yeah. Cause for a while it was like, I recognize one or two of these names every single time was just a room full of totally new people. And (laughs) I've just in like the last two years or so been like, hey, I, people mention people they've worked with and I've heard of them or I've worked with them or I've met them at some random thing. And just when so much of like how we get work is just who gave your name to somebody who has you on their list of people to reach out to. I don't know. I haven't decided yet.
1: Yeah. I'm curious about, I mean, it's interesting because, I mean, there's a lot of people who do have that desire to go to New York Um, and it's usually I mean it's for various reasons for sure I'm curious what is it about um, what is it about it that draws you there or draws you to you know check it out or whatever
2: um I think a lot of it is that like that feels like home Mm. um because you grew up nearby yeah yeah I grew up nearby it's I'm familiar with it I I I like New York. Like it's, I mean, it sort of skews your perspective of like cities in general, um, because it's just, there's like nowhere else in the country. That's just like on that scale and Mm -hmm. just as busy and chaotic and everything. Like I find myself going to other cities and being like, Oh, you can see all of downtown. It's like there. Interesting. Um, and like that has always kind of appealed to me. Um, I think some of it definitely is just like the residual like kid dream thing where like as a kid getting into theater, we'd go into New York and we'd see really spectacular performances. And it was the kind of like, one day I will go and do that. And, you know, as much as like, I know a lot more now and I have more experience and kind of know more about the details of what kind of work I want to work on, what kind of environment I want to be in. There still is that feeling of like, that's some of the coolest stuff I've ever seen. And I want to go do those big, exciting productions. And at the same time, like I have a decent number of friends who are in New York. Um, A lot of them are camp friends Mm -hmm. um, who work in theater in New York and also just have like a bigger appreciation for the like non-Broadway, non-touristy work that's going on there. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think it's sort of easy to get the impression that it's all like, wicked in Hamilton. And that's what's happening. Um, but there's also like a lot of the kind of work that I get to do here also going on there in a much less visible way. And so there's that draw too of like, Hey, I could have a lot of what I've enjoyed about my kind of early career here and doing new work and doing kind of quirky boundary pushing things. And continue to aspire to that like oh my god the production blew me away kind of thing
1: yeah i love that you say like that you're kind of drawn to quirky boundary pushing sorts of things is that sort of something you pursue when you're you know sending your resume to hey you're doing some work that i'm interested in is that kind of what you look for
2: (laughs) a little bit um yeah i mean i i think it's one of the things that i've enjoyed about Working in theater in general is, I feel like there are so many different ways to enjoy a show that I've like rarely worked on something that I just straight up don't like doing. Um, because I feel like it's like either the show itself is fascinating or the people working on it are really cool or you know the show is fine, but what I get to do is really fun. Um, and so I definitely like as an audience member, I definitely like, um, stuff that's a little bit more experimental um I like going to see new work I like working on new work um because I do like to do the kind of deep dive text thing and working with sandbox I think has given me a bigger appreciation of like more movement-based stuff yeah um I like as a kid I was definitely sort of like that was cool but I didn't get it and I'm much more okay with that now and like enjoy when things are like that was really cool and I didn't get it but I felt it (laughs) and so fun um and I like kind of giving that to other people um but I also have done a fair amount of like educational work particularly at Park Square and then you know at CTC um and have also really found that I love working on ed shows and I love doing shows for teenagers Mm. um which was not totally unexpected like I've done a lot of work with kids I mean I work at the summer camp and um you know it was always somebody who like did a lot of tutoring and babysitting and that kind of thing. But um, that's been kind of a fun surprise to get to do like morning shows for ninth graders and kind of give them a little bit of like what was fun for me and what still is fun for me about going to see a show, kind of whatever it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, do you feel like, you've talked a lot about what you've learned, you know, since you sort of started this journey. Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel that um, like from beginning to end that your, are um, I want to say how has your practice changed over time, but that's not quite the word, wording that I'm looking for. I think it's more like, do, do you feel like what you're looking for has changed over time? Mm-hmm. That makes sense
2: um maybe (laughs) i'm I'm not really sure yeah i i think one of the things is like i i think yes but i think the answer is that i spend less time looking for specific things Mm. like i feel like as a younger stage manager i had more ideas about like the type of theater i liked And the type of theater I like to make. Mm -hmm. And having worked on a variety of stuff. I'm finding more and more that like. There's lots of different stuff that I like. And so. I have had. Really good experiences sometimes on shows that. I didn't expect to totally fall in love with. Yeah. Um, And so like I guess yes. But it's more that like. I don't know that I'm looking for something. Mm. I'm, I'm looking much more for like. Does this seem like it's either meaningful or fun or, you know, outside of what I've usually done or any number of things that might be positive? And that's kind of good enough, at least to start and look into it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It seems like you have kind of a wide net and you're sort of exploring what do I like and what do I want? And I know mm-hmm. I like this and I know I like this. Um, yeah. Yeah um do you sort of the last two questions I I have to explore with you I guess is the um do you feel like since you've started learning to be a stage manager that being a female has had any impact on on what you're
2: doing I mean yes I think I think being a woman has impact on pretty much everything every aspect of life. Um, I mean, it's it's sort of a unique thing as a stage manager because I do feel like that's a pretty female dominated department. Um, Most stage managers I've worked with are women. Mm -hmm. um, And I think that's nice um, in a lot of ways, um, particularly as like an ASM. There's some solidarity is even too strong a word but like there is something about going into a room as like an authority figure with other women who are frequently authority figures in the same way Um, yeah so that i think has made it easier um i have found it makes more of a difference kind of the less specialized things are um because while most stage managers are women, many like crew members are not, particularly like set crews, like crews, designers kind of split. Um, and so when I've been in situations where I'm expected to do things kind of outside of the more like, you know, narrow bounds of like stage manager, um, then it's something I'm conscious of. And um, honestly, though, I remember feeling kind of pleasantly surprised with several of the companies that I've worked with and several of the shows I've done um, where I sort of didn't realize how much the like casual sexism thing had been an issue in college until it wasn't. And I like expected it. Um, and like, I remember one, one of the reasons that I got so attached to Sandbox, you know, of, of the many things that were really fun about that first show, I remember Loden Um, for the first show I worked on. And we had a pretty basic set. Um, We had a big canvas platform. And then um, the biggest structure was like a set of bleachers that we built to turn the thrust at Park Square into a four sided boxing ring. Mm. So we we did the show on the round and put bleachers like upstage between those columns, um, which was real fun. (laughs) Yeah, Um, it it was very fun. But like that was kind of the extent of the construction. Other than that, it was like big open floor kind of thing. But there were only four of us. The other three were all men and all larger than I am. And I remember getting through the whole day and feeling so good about the fact that at no point did anybody like ask if I knew how to do something or tell me something was heavy. Like they all just assumed that I was an adult who knew how to do things and would say so if I didn't. Mm-hmm. And then it meant like I could say so if I didn't. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. There wasn't the pressure of like needing to prove yourself. I could just be like, hey, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, but it was a thing that like I didn't realize how much I was expecting it until it didn't happen. Huh. I didn't realize how much of like college theater, which was very scrappy and very just like all hands on deck all the time, sure. I had gotten used to just kind of the casual assumption that like. I was less slightly less physically capable hmm. um, and knew fewer things about like more like traditionally masculine aspects of making theater with too few people kind of thing. And it, it was a very like refreshing and nice thing. You're like, Oh, all, all of you people just assume I'm capable and I will say so if I need help. And I have the common sense to know that like, yes, that big piece of wood is heavy. I, I, I had noticed that, as a matter of fact, and <laughs> no one needs to tell me. Um, and if I can't pick it up, I will say so.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh.
2: So yeah, it was it was kind of a pleasant like. I don't know. I didn't realize how much I was like used to just kind of tolerating the casual like assumptions, yeah. and I was like, "This doesn't happen." Let's hang out with these people. These are good people to make theater with.
1: Yeah, I love what you say about like working with other stage managers and women who are. Uh, in positions of authority like having sort of that if it likes sort of other people having your back um, Mm -hmm.
2: kind of feeling that's
1: uh, yeah that's a cool thing to have but Um, I also
2: do think as as many issues as our industry has and is I think really grappling with right now um, having stage managers be commonly women I think does help that to some extent. We're like it's it's a very different thing from being like a woman in a like male dominated field. You know, it's like I think people who I think female even directors, but also like female set designers, female technicians, I think have a very different experience because people aren't necessarily used to that and will chafe it a little bit more. Whereas like I think because people kind of expect their stage manager to be a woman they sort of expect that role from her whoever she may be and i think we get a lot less pushback than some of our co-workers who are in positions it's more unusual for them to be in
0: yeah um
1: do you i know yeah theater is is definitely grappling with a lot of things right now before especially before we open back up trying to be better humans <laughs> in general. Yeah, um, it would it would
2: be good if we could all
1: be better humans in general. <laughs> right. <laughs> um I've sort of reached the end of things that I wanted to pry to pick your brain about, but I wanted to just ask you, what is there what other things would you like to talk about? What other things would you like to share?
2: Um I'm not sure. I mean I feel like that's sort of we we covered a fair amount. We did. Um, <laughs> Love it. Yeah. No. I mean, it's we're in such a funny time right now. I mean, I was excited to come and talk to you and do this and kind of spend some mm-hmm. mental time in like our normal lives and things that I like doing and would like to do again. I know. Um, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's sort of funny to like be in this pause and realize like, oh. It's been like almost a year since I've done anything. I've done a couple of virtual shows in the meantime, but like always a kind of like, you know, a week and a half gig kind of thing. Um, Very casual. And while that's really fun and kind of, you know, good for the soul, it's not a substitute. It's just kind of another thing that's fun. And I'm glad it's better than nothing. Um, So it is, it's funny to kind of think about like, my career as a whole or like the work I like to do when there's a big part of me. That's like anything, any work I would like to do.
1: Yeah. Um, Do you feel like you have had time this, uh, this year to do any growing and changing yourself? I know there's sort of a mixed reaction of like, uh, you know, there's institutions that clearly have like set a lot of those boundaries and have power dynamics that probably need to be addressed and um you know as individuals as freelancers like I feel like our uh, responsibilities are like look a little quite a bit different than that because we just have you know ourselves in the rooms that we're in to look after um mm-hmm. what you, are, what things are on your mind this year what have you gotten out of this
2: great pause yeah I mean it has it has been like a nice time for self-reflection in some ways and I think there is like, as much as this has been horrible in so many different ways, there is something of a luxury to like watching industries and institutions try and grow and change when you're not trying to work in them. Um, like, I think, I think there's something to the fact that like, none of us are trying to get hired right now
1: mm-hmm.
2: and none of us, like we all do have a bit more time on our hands. Most people at least And so we're not in a spot where, like, it's very easy in kind of the grind of normal life to just kind of table something for later because you don't have time to deal with it right now. And, like, that includes sometimes, like, your relationship to an institution that you're working at. Um, And so there have definitely been times where, like, oh, I know something's blowing up at this place that, like, I work and have liked working, but, like, definitely has its issues and has its growing pains. And... I don't really have the luxury to think about it because like I have a contract with them coming up and I'm going to go there and I'm going to do it. And, you know, it's hard when we're just in the like, fill your calendar, fill your next gig to kind of step back and make those decisions about like, okay, who do I want to work with and what kinds of rooms do I want to be in? And how can I contribute to like the institutions that I do have an attachment to growing and changing in the ways that they need to.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Kind of that moment of like, oh yes, I do have power here.
2: Uh. yeah and the time to like sit in that power and not have the pressure of like you have to decide if you're going to take this gig or not because like rehearsals are next week and your bills are due (laughs) right it's you know it's not the like do I take this do I pass it up do I how do I feel you know do I wait on this other person what do I feel about this complicated thing that's been going on there or with this person or whatever I'm like I can just sit back and I can just think about it and without the pressure of a decision and without the pressure of like Knowing there's a bill to pay, knowing there's a gap in my schedule, absolutely, and yeah. I think that's been nice. As much as like I miss it, it's been nice to feel a little bit less of the like I just don't have time for that,
0: right?
1: Like being intentional a little bit more, mm-hmm. or like
2: yeah. like All right, when when people do start opening up again, and when people do start reaching out in both directions to find work and find people to hire, like Who am I interested in? Who have I been keeping an eye on? Who do I,
1: who's been making the right choices? (laughs) Yeah. You know, and
2: how do I feel about various, because I think no matter where you work, almost every theater company, we have positives and negatives about our relationships with them. And sometimes in small ways and sometimes too extreme. Sometimes you're like, this was unbelievably fun and the people were wonderful and the institution was really a pain to work with. And you know, you can have those kind of big extremes. And I think when you're just trying to pay your bills and get your work, it can be hard to sit with that and like actually figure out how you feel. Like, do I, is the bad enough that I make a different choice? Is the good enough that like I put up with the bad stuff? Mm. What What do I do? What do I decide? It's nice to like not have it be right here and not have it because it's also hard i think when you're like looking forward to a production or when you've like just done one you're close to it and you have all of these feelings about it and you're like i don't i don't want to give that up or i do want to take this or you know whatever it is and to have the step back and say like all right what do i miss what do i want real yeah yeah um
1: well i thank you so much for sitting down with me tonight um it was really fun to talk about theater with with you (laughs) and Thank stage you. management <laughs> i love talking with other stage managers
2: personally <laughs> um it's a fun thing where, are like because we don't work together that much like you like you often have like a stage manager in an asm but that's kind of it and so it's always fun to just like get to talk to somebody else who knows what you're talking about and has similar experiences
0: i hear that Thank you for joining us for this episode of We Shadows. If you enjoyed it, please recommend it to your friends, colleagues, and students. We Shadows was created by Lieza Behrens, Rachel Lanto, and Anita Kelling. It was recorded over Zencaster and produced by Anita Kelling. Our theme music was composed and performed by J. William Kelsch. Special thanks goes out to the wonderful folks at Technicians for Change. We Shadows can be found wherever you search for podcasts. Thanks for tuning in this week, and be sure to check us out every Wednesday for new episodes.